everybody. Welcome Sunday night. Sci-Fi Watchers back once more for episode number 219. We keep doing our Night Flyers television show episodes. I'm Corey Shrett and Brian Lee's here again. Brian, how you doing? Doing good, Corey. Good to be here. And of course, as always, Carlos is back with us again. How we doing, Brian? Or Brian? (laughs) (laughs) Short-term memory there. (laughs) I'm doing good too. Thanks very much. (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay. We'll call you Brian too then. <laughs> All right. so, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Short-term memory. Hello. My, my mother's in my head. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> that should be the title. That should be the title of this episode. My it, mother's in my head. If we, if we could just rename these episodes, we would. All right. Let's talk about episode four called White Rabbit that came out December 5th, 2018. Teleplay by Brian Nelson, directed by <laughs> Maggie Kylie. Yeah. Kind of brings a. It starts off with the. I guess the captain is. Uh, he got. He basically revealed to everybody that his mom is the AI that's been working against him, and now he's laying in the, uh, laying in the like one of the botanical uh, pods, uh, in the beginning, because I guess he's recovering or that's a, like a peaceful place for him to be. And uh, after that, we start seeing. Uh, uh, what's it, Doctor Carl? He <clears throat> he's uh, going through the halls and seeing his holographic daughter again. What's what's hilarious about this part is the uh, the fact that Rowan comes up right behind him and he goes, "Hey, man, it's a it's a hologram. Ignore it." This is the second time he said that because he saw the the hologram in the the bedroom. And he's like, "Oh yeah, man, it's a hologram. Ignore it." He's not even scared or phased or anything. <laughs> it's just like. <laughs> I, thought that, I thought that was kind of yeah, hilarious. Yeah, big deal. <laughs> Where they're like building up this like this traumatic horror that yeah. Carl is experiencing throughout the the past few episodes, and then you know when uh, when Rowan's like right behind him, he's like, "Yeah, ignore it." <laughs> Rowan's like, "Just man up, man. Come on, <laughs> man up. We'll just walk through it. It's not real." <laughs> <laughs> Um, this is also the living probe episode. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, uh, see, when does the? I think it shows up. It I just shows up in his room. It just shows up in his room. They're heading back, and it just shows up there. <laughs> What's hilarious is they shut the door. And he's like, "No, no, that that can't be right." And then they open up the door again. No, it's it's there. <laughs> right. They thought it was a projection. Yeah. Yeah. But I think this is the the reference to what the hologram of the little uh, of his daughter was saying to to cut it out, cut the cancer out. Uh, maybe it was referencing. I believe it's referencing the probe. Hmm. And uh, we get more uh, proof of this later on. But uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, oh, yeah, this probe that they launched uh, was back in episode. Was it episode two? Right? They launched the probe. Mm-hmm. And because they weren't too sure if the captain was going to go through with the mission. So like, well, let's launch the probe anyway to make sure that we can get as much data as possible. Um, it's kind of weird that they don't have like an array of probe. I didn't see like an array of probes. They were just building it in the airlock to launch from there. Um, funding. Because- they don't have the funding. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have NASA's funding. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I guess that sounds about right. Cause uh, uh, they, uh, like in the the first episode, they mentioned that 
uh, like after six months later that he mentioned to Dr. Agatha that they've been trying to communicate with the Vulcran and they haven't been able to uh, basically get them to respond. So I'm not too sure why it would have mattered that they sent this probe uh, in episode two. I mean, granted, it did come back this time and in a weird way. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that. What What was in there again? Uh, when when they opened it up, <laughs> it's alive! It's alive! I mean, it, it was it had blood. It had it, body it, it parts. Had, it had tissue. It's yeah. Carl. <laughs> it's pieces of Carl. It's swirling green. It's people. Oh man, but th- that was weird. I mean, you just basically, hey, what's this fluid coming out of? Yeah, that's blood, buddy. What? No, that's your blood, buddy. Yes. Yeah, well, he found out later. Yeah, that was his blood. So, uh, and that's when pretty much Rowan took over and he goes, yeah, I think I need you to leave the mission because you're part of the mission. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you, you're too close to this. You need to go away now. Yeah. <laughs> you're a little biased on this. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I think, uh, that whole point where they're trying to take it apart and decide what to do, the captain, uh, well, the captain is having an intimate moment with Mel, and then Mom chimes in, <laughs> and uh, then Mom's just, always, you know, see being. <laughs> yeah, and then he decides <laughs> to race off at that point. I'm surprised Mel didn't like lock the door after that. After seeing, oh, you've got your mother in your head. Uh. <laughs> uh, I've got an issue with that. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, he he raced off and then immediately demanded that okay, you got to take this apart and get it out of here. That's the reason why my mom's going nuts. I don't think it was an actual solution to the reason why she was going nuts. I think she's actually just nuts because the probe wasn't there the whole time; it just showed up. Yeah, uh, I did like their solution for preventing the mom from seeing what they were doing. They just put duct tape over the sensor. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, they show the sensor with the duct tape over it. They didn't show them actually <laughs> taping it over, but I did think that was hilarious. Good old uh, duct tape. Old yeah. school. Yep. Gotta love it. Yeah. It's uh 21st century and you still have duct tape. That's awesome. <clears throat> it's a special kind of duct tape. It's, space it's been tape. upgraded, upgraded. Come on. <laughs> it's got Flam- sensors and stuff in it. Oh, so it's like what? Flamingo tape. Uh, anyway, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, um, apparently uh, Mom is cranking up the heat in the room, trying to kill the probe. Um, the uh, the captain gave them another day, which they call a cycle. Um, another day to uh, examine the probe before he officially takes it apart and throws it out of the airlock. And I want to know, I mean, they keep cutting back to, they cut back to... Uh, the captain in his chambers and he's like banging his head and behind him is like this crystal crystal structure. Is that supposed to be mom? I think that's supposed to be like the computer mainframe where she is. You notice that at one point it was white when they, when they first went into that room that that was white. And then afterwards it was red. Supposedly like, I don't know if it's like a, uh, like uh, what you would call it the you know those mood rings where it changes color <laughs> when somebody's angry, mm-hmm. but uh, 
Uh, I think that I don't know if that's necessarily the mainframe of this ship uh, either. So I uh, just thought it was uh, interesting. I think maybe the art department just got, you know, crazy. <laughs> well, right. when they, I guess when anybody does sci-fi and they want to talk about something organic or something in, in the ship that's not normal, they, they go crazy artistically yeah. to try and uh, creatively capture what it is that's going on in the background. I mean, you don't want to see a red blinking light on a, a freaking server farm. That, just to indicate that something bad's in there because right. nobody would know. He goes, mm -hmm. oh, that's a bright red blinking light. That must be something bad's going on. It's like, uh, no, I think we just lost network connection to that one. Let's just uh, <laughs> change out cables. Oh, there it is. <laughs> um, also, Lomi jacks into the probe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Lomi just, in fact, she, she volunteered, uh, you know, after her whole being possessed by uh, – cybernetically possessed and this is like the first time where she's like i don't know we, we need to get information off the ship she goes i'll go in <laughs> it's like boom volunteer sucker <laughs> i think it's because it's something new it's it's alien so it's probably exciting to yeah to see yeah, what came exactly. back to see what uh see what was in the uh the probe and when she when she goes in it's like thale was holding her hand going in too because he went he went in and watched as well so that was pretty interesting to see him. He was like a passenger for that uh, that journey that uh, uh, Lomi went on. We also found a lot about the probe. I mean, she said that wasn't there like a thousand years worth of data? Mm -hmm. Is that right? Oh yeah, they they looked at the clock for the uh, the probe, and even though it was uh, off by a few days from when they launched it, it still recorded a thousand years worth of data, and that's and, uh, that's interesting. Uh, you know, all on its own. Well, Carl uh, surmised that they could travel through time. He thinks the Vulcans can travel through time or something like that. Well, time and space, which would yeah. meant uh, extra dimensional travel, which would explain the ability to place it on a moving object in space at a specific time with no one able to witness it, with the exception of the uh, mom on the ship who just sees, I'm sure she saw it appear. Right. But um, there was no reference to its appearance in his room at all. So, Basically, it's the Vulcan saying we're badasses. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, putting Carl's DNA in there was is uh, kind of a weird little puzzle. But it was interesting to see, like, uh, uh, Rowan open up the casing on, the, uh, like, the hard drive or the, hard, uh, the memory bay. And he pokes it, and then it reacts. That was actually mm -hmm. kind of cool. I, I like that. I like that. <laughs> He's like, oh, oh, hey, it's alive. <laughs> um, the last thing I was going to bring up is we learned a little bit of history between uh, Agatha and uh, Carl in this episode. That they, not only were they, um, whatchamacallit, a couple, but she was pregnant. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah, that she was uh, with child. And uh, that was actually used against Carl. Uh, that that's the ship's uh, well, mom again, interfering with the uh, mission and throwing information back at Carl in order to get the, uh, I guess to get get the crew to fight amongst themselves. Mm -hmm. So um, <clears throat> she uh, threw that in, in uh, Carl's face, and that that was like, <laughs> which is hilarious is when uh, um, 
they had the previous scene where Agatha had met up with Carl at the uh, at the restaurant, probably to tell him about that, and he just like threw it through his relationship and the fact that uh, he was going to get married and have kids in her face. And she well, was like, <laughs> you had a theory though. You want to tell us this theory about. All right. Agatha? Well, she had mentioned at the dinner that um, she had been basically working with the, the L ones for a while and that she had decided to go off and do that as part of her journey. Yeah. And uh, this was, uh, way before Carl had met his wife and uh, had his kid. And um, my theory is that Agatha got pregnant with Carl and uh, had the child, but the child was an L1, which since she was either starting or going into that program, she wanted to protect her child and and keep him from being ridiculed. So she went into the program too but kind of gave her child up to the program so that she wouldn't be, I don't know, uh, either mentally distraught by the child or something of that nature. She would have been like mentally prepared, which it explains why she's, it's like anytime somebody um, like blames or ridicules Thale, she's the first one to defend him, regardless of whether she knows or not. She's like, no, he wouldn't do that. No, he's not capable of that. No, it's like that seems so very motherly. Not not so much a protector or, or so much a keeper, but more of more motherly. Um, what do you think? What do you think, Corey? I like it. I really like that story. I don't think Thale knows though, because in order for them to prepare her, that I think maybe they they prepared her to take care of him, and then she like finagled her way in, into taking care of her own child. But um, I don't think Thale knew or know uh, or was told because maybe that would, you know, disrupt him emotionally. That screws with that scene where uh, he was dreaming about having sex with her. <laughs> yeah, that, that really messes that, it up. That is yeah. messed up. <laughs> throws it all but off. That, but that that was all Thale. That wasn't her. So, I know. Still. But mm. yeah. So, but yeah, if. Um, um, yeah, if you think about it, if she was, um, if she was the mom, it explains a lot of her reasoning for protecting Thale and also for uh, uh, being um, well knowledged and uh, fully capable, of basically knowing how to take care of him, and her interest in all of his stuff. <clears throat> I so. can't wait to see if you're right. That'll be interesting. <laughs> it, or if it's just a bunch of BS that you made up that sounds really good that they'll never use. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it makes it would make sense for a side story mm-hmm. um, because um, I um, I talked with uh, I talked with Brian about this and he said that the doctor Doctor Agatha wasn't originally in the story, and so as an additional character, if they threw in all this additional storyline stuff. That makes it even more interesting. That even makes her her death at the very beginning more interesting to see how Thale reacts. Mm. So if he if he finds out or if he knows, because then this creates this whole new mystery of uh, what what counterbalance is going to come from all this. If it if it's even a story. If it's not, then I'm pretty much wasting my breath. <laughs> <laughs> It's good to expand your mind, though. It could be. It could be true. 
All right. Do you guys think that the that the mom is trying to protect the crew from seeing the Vulcan? I think the mom is protecting herself. I don't think she cares about the crew. I mean, she killed off those guards and, and that technician without even thinking about it. She, I mean, basically, why would you kill the IT person? <laughs> they fix stuff on the ship. Mm. <laughs> In fact, her whole point for acting activating the spider to kill those people makes no point. Ma- you know, makes no sense. They were going to send the spider after the uh, after the telepath. So the spider killing off the people was is oh, that's a good point. Hmm. Was unnecessary. It it basically works against her overall strategy if she had one. If this was just an emotional attack, then. Yeah, she then, wasn't she wasn't threatened in any way. So that's that's a good point. Yeah, well she wasn't being threatened by those people and those people were the standard crew. They do their job and they do their job well. That's right. why they were always there. That's why they get paid the bucks. Uh-huh. The big bucks. So, um why would you kill off the crew who had been arguing from the beginning that they didn't want the L1 on there? I think who- it's bad writing. I just think it's bad writing. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just go bad writing. That's that's the best thing to do. Yeah. And I think uh I think at this point we've seen a lot of, uh, you know, the red shirts being killed off because they're going to get to the bigger deaths towards the end of this. So now here's one more theory I got. I just, I came up with, so the Vulcan can bend space time dimensions or whatever. So a probe has a thousand years worth of information has Carl's DNA in it. Basically has Carl's body in it. Right. Could the Vulcan somehow be a future version of the night flyer? It's very possible. Mm. Because I thought about that. Well, what if uh what if uh Thale gets a port just like uh Lomi and he wipes mom from the mainframe and takes over the ship and then puts the ship on this course where it's always going in and out of space time. Mm-hmm. And he's the one that puts uh Carl's flesh into the probe as a warning. Don't come out get- here or turn Can around. We- then we get Stargate. <laughs> Stargate Universe. Yeah. SGU. Right? right? SGU it, wasn't, that a, wasn't that a living ship in Stargate Universe? Uh, yeah, uh, it was. Uh, right? But this, yeah. So this came out afterwards because this is new material. So yeah, they stole from Stargate Universe. There you go. <laughs> All right. All right. I think we should wrap up this episode. And uh, I want to thank Brian for being here again. And Brian, where can we find you online? Uh, everywhere. Twitter and Twitter and Instagram, Brian says. And a street corner near you. We're gonna just go back to that one again. <laughs> and of course, I want to thank Carlos for being here one more time. Sure. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Brian, too, for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I want to thank everyone out there for listening to this episode. As always, sci-fi watcher at sayproductions.com is our email and voicemail 774-327-2948. And as always, sayproductions.com slash sci-fi watcher is where all the goodness is at. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Until tomorrow, have a good one.